There truly is no one like the Lord. Patrick Mayberry, Victory 91.5. Good morning. About five minutes after 10 o'clock, our special time with Ray Haynes continues uh, teaching on Sukkot. And I know that's a word that you've used a lot this morning. And somebody tuning in right now may be thinking, you know, I've heard of that, but I'm not really sure what it is. You know, these Hebrew words, a lot of times with the cases, is if you can remember which one's which and, and what does that mean again? Uh, so Sukkot is uh, basically a tabernacle. It's called the Feast of Tabernacles or Shelters. And it's uh, something like a, a tent, basically, something that you build, a temporary structure. But um, I, I, my question is, is there more to it than even the Jews have thought through over these last 3,500 years? Is there more to this command and maybe something behind it that's um, a different picture. So for like 3,000 years, 3,500 years, every generation of Jews has been building these sukkahs, which is like Sukkot, sukkah is the actual thing, and decorating them and eating and sleeping in them. Sometimes you're dancing and celebrating in the streets to celebrate the 40 years of God in the desert. Tabernacles is one of the most joyful feasts you'll ever experience. But what if there's more to dance about than the Jews discovered? Let's go back to the Exodus, to when God brought them out, to see if there's something more to his commandments to celebrate this yearly feast. You shall dwell in booths, Sukkot, for seven days. All native Israelites shall dwell in booths, Sukkot, that your generations may know that I made the people of Israel dwell in booths, Sukkot, when I brought them out of the land of Egypt, I am Jehovah, your God. Notice the words, when I brought them out. So maybe tabernacles isn't about 40 years of wandering. Maybe it's about the initial exodus when God brought them out. What if tabernacle, tabernacles is actually a second part of the celebration of Passover, but without the lamb and the unleavened bread, this feast that we have in the fall? Exodus 12 begins in Egypt at the first Passover, or Pesach, when God tells them what to do to avoid encountering the death angel. Then God instructs Moses how he wants them to celebrate the Exodus in the years ahead. They'll take a lamb, inspect the lamb, kill the lamb, eat the lamb on a certain day. But the future Passovers won't include blood on their doors or a death angel. And instead of just one meal, it'll be a week-long festival. So there's a lot different from what they just experienced in Egypt. Then, back in real time, the exodus begins as the death angel arrives and decimates all the firstborn in Egypt, people and animals. All of Israel is safe because of the blood on the lamb, of the lambs that's on their door. So Pharaoh releases the Israelites, and the rest of the grieving Egyptians are afraid, and they beg them to leave, which allows the Jews to plunder them of silver and gold and clothing and all they requested. They begin the journey, and after three days, they arrive at a place in the desert with a very familiar name. Here's a scripture. Then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkoth. Now, that's the same word as Sukkot, essentially. About 600,000 men on foot besides children, a mixed multitude went up with them also, and flocks and herds, a great deal of livestock, and they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they had brought out of Egypt. That's right. The escaping Israelites' first stop was a town in Egypt with the Hebrew name of Sukkot. To understand how that's possible, we need to turn the pages back a few hundred years to walk in the footsteps of Jacob, the man who brought his family to Egypt, 
the same family that's now grown and grown into the millions and now has been rescued from slavery, the Israelites. In the book of Genesis, we meet Jacob and his brother Esau, who Jacob cheats of his inheritance and blessing, which inspires Jacob to flee lest he be killed. 20 years past, Jacob is raising his family. They begin a journey to return to his parents and his ancestral lands. This puts him right into the path of Esau, who, to Jacob's great surprise, no longer wants to kill him, but instead welcomed him back with open arms, and they restore their strained relationship to some degree. Jacob continues his travels. When he reached a safe place, he stopped. He made sukkahs for his family and flocks to stay in. And later, when he continues his journey, the sukkahs remained and became the place's namesake. Here's Genesis 33. So that day Esau started on his way back to Seir. Jacob, however, went to Sukkoth, where he built a place for himself and made shelters for his livestock. That's why the place is called Sukkoth, Genesis thirty-three seventeen. So it turns out that the name Sukkot came from Jacob. For clarity's sake, the town in Israel is about 300 miles from the town by the same name in Egypt. But they both have the same name. And so coming up next, our final break, we're going to look at uh, a Sukkot by any other name.